Hey honeys, this is your host Marissa. Welcome to the Honey Health and Wellness Podcast. Get ready to unlock your full potential as I dive into all things health, wellness, spirituality, and self-development. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm really excited. I have Dr. Fiona Enkelman with me today. So Dr. Fiona is a holistic general practitioner, and now she works as a transformational coach with over 15 years experience in holistic and integrative medicine. So Dr. Fiona, your work is centered predominantly around helping women avoid physical, emotional, and spiritual burnout. Um, which we're essentially going to break down what that really means today. <laughs> but um, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Such so delight. exciting to um, yeah get into this with you. So I guess a background on why I'm kind of really excited to have you on um, today is because I have been dealing with a lot of issues with my skin, like acne issues. And, um, you know, I'd always really believed in taking in a holistic approach to health, but it's so interesting that when something actually does happen to your health or something you do need to fix, you go, oh, okay, like, what do I really believe in? Like, how am I going to fix this? Because mm-hmm. when you're in, you know, when you just want to make yourself feel better, it's like, you know, it's so easy to take a maybe a more conventional route, which would be, I would say, taking medication and kind of just maybe band-aiding the issues. So, you know, on my journey with fixing my skin, I had to deep dive into all the things that you touch on, um, you know, going into your emotional, spiritual health and all of that. And mm. it's not an easy journey, um, but you know the results are. You change your whole your whole self changes. You know, <laughs> it's not the just most the skin. rewarding journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, can you give me a bit of a background as to how you got into the work you're doing? Because um, it's quite an interesting story from mm. the research that I've done on you. <laughs> and yes, look, we definitely have that in common. And yeah. For me, I was a junior doctor. I'd returned from working as a volunteer in Africa and I had a real, I'm going to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go like push in life at that stage and I returned home, but I was heartbroken and yeah. I was carrying a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of baggage. And I, I sort of looked around in life in terms of how to better deal with it. And I didn't really. You know, there's two options at that time. You become a marathon runner or you drink alcohol. And I had that one nailed. <laughs> that was the only spirit I knew at that stage. Yeah. And so I did what most people do, which is, you know, push it down and just keep going. And mm-hmm. with that, you, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's really taking you towards a train wreck. And that's what I was experiencing with burnout. It feels like your entire life crumbles down around you. Mm. And so. I started to notice not just my physical health, but, you know, it impacting dramatically on my, on my relationships and how I was enjoying work. And, and then finally, you know, my sister said to me, Hey, Fee, I'm worried about you, like deeply worried about you and come, come to Sydney and have a, a healing an energy healing at which that time I just laughed at her and thought she was crazy. And I called her a hippie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to take any of that hippie. Yeah. Yeah. My world yeah. at that time was very, you know, I was, I was in critical care. I was studying emergency medicine on our ward rounds. We're looking at the evidence base of demiodorant and atrial fibrillation. I could go on. And so her saying that, but actually what else was there? I felt terrible, like deeply, mm. deeply terrible. And and so I was desperate. So I went and in that one session, it was 
a spiritual awakening. It was life changing mm. and it took me beyond the mind. What I knew was health and healing. It, it just blew it, blew my mind. And yeah. I walked out of there. My sister's, how are you? How are you going? And I was like, I feel amazing. But what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so two days later, I had one of those moments where I was just like, just washed over me and I was just filled with absolute purpose and a knowing that, you know, I'm going to dedicate my life to learning that modality, to becoming a healer and supporting women to achieve that same shift and, and experience in their life. And, and so that was the beginning of that sort of going from a very uh, conventional way of thinking and a, and a path ahead of me to now stepping away from, you know, all of that into general practice Mm -hmm. so that I could walk the two paths. So studying my fellowship of general practice, I also went into nutritional environment, mental medicine. I did a lot of functional medicine, but at the same time studying mind-body medicine, energy medicine. And, I'm, and I was just, I've been really blessed to train with some of the greatest spiritual leaders in the world and yeah. receive initiations and blessings. And so I've been weaving that for a long time. And mm -hmm. it was really honestly fueled by my own desire to heal myself. You know, yeah. and along the way, you can't, and just like you here sharing your gifts with this podcast, you just, once you start healing yourself, your purpose becomes bigger for the world. How can I serve others? You, once you get Absolutely. out of a state of survival, you're immediately like, oh, I've got my cup full. Let me help in whatever way or capacity. Let me be the instrument of universal love in the right way. And so I've had to let go of being a doctor like I outgrew I outgrew being a doctor yeah the work that I do and I'm, I'm so grateful for the years of experience I have but I had to take that leap so here I am <laughs> yeah here you are and and thankfully so like it's an amazing you know journey that you've been on and I'm sure so many people can relate to that um you know that spiritual awakening where you get to a point where you know, your body just can't take it anymore and things kind of just end up breaking through, but in the best way possible. But I mean, you know, I think being a doctor, um, it's quite a competitive industry, isn't it? Like, I mean, just even becoming a doctor, I think from what I've heard with the doctors I work with, it just kind of lends itself to that nature. So it's like, yes, you were in a competitive environment, I guess, to some degree, or like, you know, a high achieving environment, should I say? It's more of a high achieving. High achieving, it yeah. It attracts people who, and, and look, I guess I'm, I support women who have the perfectionistic tendencies and that desire to be great in the world. Mm. I mean, that's, that's a lot of professional women that I work with, Yeah, um, you know, are often multi-passionate and you know, want to be really, really great. So yes, we do have that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's the high achieving aspect yeah. of it. And I think what's so amazing about the work that you're doing is that, you know, you're focusing predominantly on how this affects women. And it's a really, like you mentioned, an interesting line to walk because, you know, yes, women should be high achieving and and yes, it's amazing to go after everything that you are wanting to go for but then there's also this split to it that I find where it's like women aren't men so it's like the way we work the way our hormones are the way that what we need to do in order to flourish not just survive like you were mentioning uh, is completely different to that of a male and I think so often in society that is really overlooked 
Um, and it's like, yes, you can achieve as a woman. Yes, you can mm. push forward. But there are certain things that need to be in place in order for you to like enjoy your life. Like you're not mm. made to just be like a workhorse, you know. So Look, I agree so much. I mean, mm. growing up, I was fed girls can do anything. And my mom yes. was that classic. She's a farmer, but she was out there working on the farm at the same time. It you know, raising the children and responsible for the home. And it's it created this distortion in terms of if I'm going to be a great person in the world, because my mom is a great person, mm. that I need to do everything. And yeah. so, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about being a woman, mm. that we are cyclical in nature, as you've said. And we, due to our conditioning about, you know, just do it, get out there, hustle and grind, do what it mm. takes, strive for more, is that it works until it doesn't. And yeah. we dismiss the fact that when we see our cycles, I mean, I grew up thinking, oh, what a hustle, you know, yes. or I have my period, just chuck a tampon and go run for a marathon. Yeah. And it was a weakness to even think that I needed to pay attention to it because yep. in some way I'm what's the word, like de de demeaning what my my mom and other women have strived for, you know, strive mm. for equal, equality. And it's just like, wow, actually what we end up doing is dismissing the gifts that come with our cyclical nature. And, you know, if we tune in rather than tune out from that, like tune in, we can discover so much that's going to support creativity, going mm. to support balance and harmony, that's going to support us and you know, we, it's, it's not that black or white thinking on my energy. You know, when we look at balance and perfect health, we think it's got to be like, we got to have like, you know, energizer bunny days every single day. And that's yeah. not actually by design. That's exactly. not by design. And, and that just creates a culture of drinking coffee and numbing out and pushing on and pushing down. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we end up feeling very disconnected because we're tuning out, not tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, that, that, energizer bunny energy like that is that masculine energy it's that push 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 no matter no matter what like keep striving forward and there is so much power in understanding your cycle and um you know feeling in sync with your your period and all of those things because that is where our strengths lie like we can harbor our strengths depending on on where we're at but um yes yeah, so the the work you're doing is so um, important. I think people are starting to become a lot more attuned to that. I mean, especially the, the women that I speak to, um, you know, a lot of light switches are going on and they're like, hang on, like, I don't feel so good. Like what's yeah, happening here? Because if you don't tune in, it's yeah. going to catch up with you. You know, yeah. this is, we're commonly with, with clients who are in exhaustion or fatigue or burnout, will have a lot of hormonal dysfunction and often have PMS Mm -hmm. or even PMDD, which is the more severe form of that. Mm -hmm. It's a dysphoric syndrome that happens before their cycle and, and plus wild hormonal issues while with skin, like you said, like skin, but also energy crashes, immune issues, all of our hormones speak together, okay? Yeah. So, you know, and you can wait that just doesn't get shifted, all of that. So we can try and ignore it. <laughs> The thing is your body, our, our body, you know, while you're in burnout, you can feel a little frustrated or I felt frustrated because it's like my body's working against me on it. It's holding yeah. me back, you know. I'm I'm in A, I want to get to B, my body's just got to be the vessel that gets me there. So like, mm -hmm. you know, hustle grind as you were saying. But 
the fact is, is that we, we, it's giving us feedback. If we just be like, you know, what, what if the, everything that the body is doing is simply feedback? What, what mm. then, what if I tuned in, what could there be a gift in that? And, and certainly that is the right step in the right direction with women yeah. in exhaustion and depletion and burnout. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what would you say are the main um, indicators of women going into burnout and in overdrive? Like working with your clients, what are some common things that you hear that are kind of um, normalized in society, but to you, you're like a eh, red flag, <laughs> like that's not normal? <laughs> well, I think that's, I think what you, your question illustrates a big issue, isn't it? What mm. is normalized in society? I mean, mm. the fact is, is that depression, anxiety, mental illness, all of that is normal is becoming normalized in society Absolutely. and where burnout lies and my opinion is going to be very different to other conventional medical doctors and and specialists but where where burnout starts and finishes the spectrum of it there's a huge overlap between mental health diagnoses as well as chronic medical illnesses and chronic unexplained symptoms chronic fatigue fibromyalgia even autoimmunity all of that burnout because if you Mm. you look at it my definition of burnout isn't what is recognized by the who which is saying that it's just occupational phenomenon it's not it's you know people who aren't working are in burnout and it Mm -hmm. is a spectrum and it's this this disconnect it's got a even got a similar a similar what i see in trauma it's it is within burnout so there's this this unresolved survival state and from that, we develop coping mechanisms to manage it. So mm-hmm. it can be in terms of how we think. So, you know, when people talk to me about their, their negative thinking and their critical self-talk and their, you know, like all beating yeah. themselves up to how they feel, whether it's a sense of dread or anxiety or despair or heaviness to how they are, you know, on a physical level, like I said, it's this massive spectrum Often there's a real depletion that happens because if you have this unresolved survival state, meaning Mm -hmm. what normally happens in stress is that we have an event Mm -hmm. and our mind, our hypothalamus says, oh, this is a threat. Yeah. And so that threat can be an an emotional threat or a physical threat. And from there it gets a flood of hormones. Mm-hmm. And what normally happens after a moment is our parasympathetic. This is our rest and our digest and come back to calm state kicks in. That's the big breath. But in a mm-hmm. burnout cycle, that doesn't happen. It starts impacting our well-being. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, we don't sleep very well. We wake up feeling, you know, foggy and unrefreshed. And what happens with that? We get really sensitive to more stress. So now we're becoming the spiral. And the spiral getting more and more flooding. And so things just start, start, you know, kind of going downhill from there. So, you know, health, all these symptoms, like I said, all our hormones talk together. So that will always ra- raise a red flag for me, but it's a spectrum from mild to severe. You can mm. have mild burnout and still be highly functioning. You have severe burnout. You've gone from someone who is, you know, saving the world to I'm collapsed in a heap and I can't even feed myself lunch. That's the yep. severity of it. Yeah. And so it's not just that, though. If you've got nothing left to give, and this is the heartbreaking thing, is that you become a completely different person in your relationships. That was one of yeah. the hardest things is seeing how impatient, oh, short-fused I became mm. with my husband because you just, you're, you're investing all this emotion in trying to keep that part of you that's screaming out for attention down 
mm-hmm. but you just end up really wrecked you know yes really wrecked and things that you loved about work and all the rest and you know your purpose your passion creative ideas that's just goes out the window <laughs> yeah absolutely so I'll give you a full yeah. spectrum there it's hard to say exactly because of course. It, it's pervasive that's my point yeah. it's pervasive it's not just associated with work Mm-hmm. It is pervasive. It affects women in all areas of their life. Well, it's actually a really appropriate and like a, a beautiful way to define what burnout is because just in that explanation, you really get the idea of the complexities of what it is to be a human and to also be aware of your humanness. Like, you know, it's, and like you said, you're like, it's not this and that. It's It's a whole circle of, things like if we again stop thinking of it as this like linear like a plus a equals b it's like Mm. no it's how you're feeling it's how you're acting it's how you're thinking like so I mean yeah I guess it comes down to um having having that certain level of awareness to to begin with and that can be difficult to cultivate I guess when you are in survival Mm. mode hey yeah well, yeah. because physiologically you're wired to focus on threats and worst-case yeah. scenarios because there's that desire, it's the hypervigilance. And that's why I see that sort of correlation between trauma, which is another conversation, and burnout mm-hmm. because most women in burnout will be saying, oh, I don't have any trauma. Yeah. And we're not talking about a traumatic event. We're talking about the same unresolved stress response that binds your personality, your personal energy and is hypervigilant to keep you safe. And that's why mm. you might all of a sudden start responding to an email or a really benign thing that happens, like your, a glance from your boss or, yep. a, you know, a, a bing, just the sound on the mobile, ding, there's a message. Yeah. That can just be too much for some women's nervous system. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh, I haven't got anything left to give and it could be a friend messaging them, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it really, it's, yeah, it's a, it is. And it's, it is important to acknowledge this humanness and like you were talking about right at the start the thing that really helped me at the start of my burnout recovery was this quote by Ram Dass and he says everything in your life is there for your transformation use it Mm, I love so whether you're on the spectrum it's so beautiful because Mm. it helps you to embrace challenges whether you aren't in burnout, whether you're at the start and you're stress or chronic stress or you're on the brink of burnout or in burnout, it's yeah. always just like, wow, we have to cultivate this awareness. And if we can have that and live by that, everything in my life is there for my transformation. It helps mm. us to have strength to embrace what we're facing, to tune into it mm. versus keep tuning out. Because if we yeah. keep tuning out, it's just by the very nature of the burnout cycle, it's going to get worse. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's going to get worse, yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because I um would have some clients and I you know I chat to them, you know, yeah, how are things going, like how are you feeling, blah blah blah. And they go, yeah, I'm good, like I'm fine, and then they go on to describe this whole onslaught of like issues that I'm like I think you're stressed, but it's like what that what happens I think uh, it's like there's this numbness that almost comes over and it's like they don't necessarily feel bad, they don't feel good, but there's almost like this lack of progress in life as well because you're just stagnated, you're in this kind of like limbo mode of like I can't progress forward because 
I don't really know where I'm at or I don't really know what was behind me. I've lost that intuitive knowing. So, you know, it is when you're in a survival state, you are, you know, everything, you're batting down the hatches, you are surviving. And that means that you will, you're wired to really try and avoid pain and stress and, Mm. you know, attempt to have a good life. We don't want to feel discomfort. We don't want to feel the bad things. We don't want to feel the sadness or the anger and all of that so in turn what we happens is that we disconnect from it yeah but the thing is what we need to understand about our emotions is that they are feelings felt in the body and mm. that influences whether or not and we think haha like I've, I've escaped feeling that bad thing by numbing out or or looking over here or you know just pushing on or focusing throwing myself into work to distract me see mm. I'm, I'm out trying to I'm out running that pain yeah but it's not, it's still within you. And this has been my journey of helping helping patients with chronic illness. This is how I've ended up doing this work, you know, mm. transformative work is because it's our emotions, it's our feelings, it's this unresolved survival state, it's our personal energy bound in this trauma and pain. Mm. That something has to process it. If you don't feel it, if you don't know how to feel your feelings, if you're yeah. constantly depressing and pushing it down, your body's going to wear it. So either you physically get sick, you get congested, it starts showing up, like you said, on your face or in your, like for me, on my thyroid or, you know, in your body and you feel heavy and tight and tense. Mm. At the end of the day, you're going to get sick, but it's also you get very, very depleted because you only have so much energy, personal Mm. energy. And if you're just not going to learn to feel your feelings, and this isn't criticism, this is just the fact that we, from a young age, we're parented in quite a masculine way, meaning... yeah. Um, you know, don't cry about it. Pick mm-hmm. yourself up. Keep mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. You know, girls. Girls are meant to be seen. You know, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. You're so pretty. Mm-hmm. You're so happy. Mm-hmm. You're so happy all the time. Yeah. You know, aren't you perfect? And mm. so we have such strong conditioning that says, "Oh, it's not good if I yeah. actually allow myself to have a feeling." Mm. And so a lot of the work that I do with my clients is about getting them reconnected to themselves so that they can feel their feelings. And that allows them to then know what's best for them. You know, like mm. that, our feelings help us to make the very best decisions for ourselves. So it really Absolutely, does. Absolutely, yeah. Have that there, we will get disconnected from that intuitive self. We won't know. And so we do get stagnant, as you said. We do get really stuck, really, Mm. really stuck in life. Yeah, it's so complex and yet so simple in like the same breath, you know, like we make it complex, but really it's like it's amazing how, you know, if you allow yourself to feel an emotion, like, you know, if you have an argument or something and instead of like absolutely like lashing out, if you just sit with that for like two, three minutes, it's like amazing to actually it kind of just subsides. Like they're just like thoughts and then that just subside. No <laughs> and then there's no problems, all good. Or if there is, you have a yeah. conversation, but rather yeah. than saying, I'm sorry, it comes across as like, oh, I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. Like it's amazing. People feel us. People feel us, not just hear us. So it's important to feel our feelings so we're not just, you know, getting yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. it on everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true what you say in that, you know, we only have so, we have only so much like vital energy that we can pull inwards, pull inwards um, until we don't radiate anymore, you know, like there has to be something that is 
like you're saying, allowing for that to process, allowing you to be able to walk through this life, um, having, you know, open conversations with people and processing the way you feel because it does come out one way or another. Um, which kind of brings me to my next question is I wonder what do you think is that gap between more traditional like GPs um, and holistic practitioners like why is there that difficulty of um you know so much of a lot of women's issues like maybe pms hormonal issues burnout even goes i would say undiagnosed in in many um cases and what's that gap like where is that is it just the way the perspective of what well-being is from like a holistic practitioner to a gp or where do you think that lies yeah absolutely i mean there's a role for conventional medicine, mm-hmm. but I can honestly say for some certain medical conditions, there's a big a big divide in terms of what uh, doctors can or conventional medicine as a whole can actually provide. You know, it has it's it's changing. It's very pharmaceutical driven, and yeah. there is so many amazing GPs who, you know, especially women. Um, and I say that because there is the evidence shows that women will often do longer appointments than male doctors. Okay. And yeah. that's because they recognize that their, the therapeutic relationship requires yeah. a relationship and mm. that, you know, sitting and listening and hearing and, and supporting can be just as good a medicine as prescribing the oral contraceptive pill as an example. It's a, a bit of a yeah. leap there, but you are, you know, like actually, working with them. And and I think for me, you know, what really helped right at the beginning was I did a um, a master's, so I've got a master's of public health, and I did a, a wonderful um, course around evidence-based convent, um, complementary medicine. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the confidence to really help implement what was called evidence-based practice. So everyone mm-hmm. talks about medicine, but evidence-based practice is the golden standard. And it's mm-hmm. where you look at the evidence. You also look at your patient's values. Now, that's key. That's what is often getting missed in right. conventional medicine, mm. patient values as well as clinician experience. Mm. And so because I was attracting more and more complicated, unwell, chronically unwell patients, I had to really navigate how do I support them exploring a holistic approach and ensure that I'm safe from a medical legal point of view. So there's only so much you can do in a position as well. And I think that does actually, to be honest, it does influence what doctors feel comfortable for, comfortable in, because the current climate in Australia isn't one that promotes natural, that doesn't promote nutrition or a holistic support. You know, you think about most GPs, you know, unless some have got an interest in mental health again, but often it's they are uh, the sort of interface between referring on or, or doing those other things, which is fantastic. That's their role. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's many factors that sort of limit what they can do. And now you've got, you know, how much can you really get in in terms of their holism in a five to 10 minute consultation or a 15 minute mm. consultation? And so you have to be, as someone as a doctor, you'd have to be someone who's willing to look outside the square and yeah. also be courageous in changing how the system, how you see patients. And mm-hmm. before I finished as a GP, I actually was seeing patients for like 90-minute consult for my first appointment and 60 minutes. And that's just 
not what everyone can afford. And 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 so it's, there's a lot of factors to yeah. that. And that's driven by our government and that's driven mm. by the factors there and, you know, what is acceptable or not. And you look at, you know, we we scrapped naturopathy off our, our private health insurance a couple of years ago and we really have dis- dismissed it as, mm. but yet, but yet, I think it doesn't matter. Consumers will um, will back what they, you know. Again, patient values are very, very important, and there's still, yeah. you know, plenty of um, wonderful holistic health practitioners out there doing great work. And same with GPs. It's not to bash them up. I've got a mm, lot mm, of mm. amazing colleagues who are doing phenomenal work, holistic work in their own way. Maybe not with nutrition, naturopathy, but yeah, um, through that therapeutic connection and understanding and holding space for someone and but it's rare. Yeah, <laughs> someone absolutely. who's navigated the system with my mum, it's rare, you know. Yeah, yeah. As a I can, it is I can definitely see that. It's um, it is a complex system. It doesn't, I guess, like you're saying, it doesn't come down to just the GP going, like, right, today I'm gonna gonna have a go at you know, you know, doing some integrative like holistic health. It's like they are part of like you know certain things that they need to um, you know, work work within. So it, it it's difficult in that sense, but. Yeah, like you said, I think um, as patients, there's there's power in um, your the knowledge of the patient and coming to um, a consultation, understanding a little bit of your values and what you're hoping to achieve and what you hope for your health. You know, because I think a lot of the time people just go in and they sit and they kind of listen, kind of don't. They just go, yep, yep, yep. I'll I'll go do that and. They don't think for a second for themselves, like, hang on, like, does this resonate or how could this be done better? Or um, people very easily, I think, this is a general blanket statement, but I I feel (laughs) mostly, you know, when I have these conversations with people about health, people are very quick to hand over their their autonomy when it comes to their health and their power. And I think um, feeling empowered with, with healing your own body is one of the most integral parts of being able to holistically heal yourself because it's coming to understand that like the power that made you can heal you like and you have Mm. that power within you and I guess that's what you do with your work really isn't it you empower your clients it is and I think it's one of those things that as a message you do want to find someone you know who can who can walk their talk and Mm. I think you know for you know, if you look at the profession, when we're talking about the, the profession of, of general practitioners, I mean, a lot of them are very unwell themselves. So why mm. is it that they can't produce, you know, can't yeah. you know, create holistic yeah. health is because they're they're caught in that limited system or they're not well themselves. So a lot of, you know, a lot of clients that I do work with are the healers, doctors and nurses mm. and um, psychologists. And and it's it's wonderful to be able to really help them to do that because then it's going to have this massive flow on effect. But for people who are trying to navigate that themselves, I mean, ultimately there are so many solutions out there. If we look at diets for healing, if we look at nutritional supplements, you know, even what sort of therapists, whether alternative therapists that you could do, there's so much out there. Mm. But we need to focus on reconnecting with yourself so you can discern at each stage in your life because life is a series of cycles. It's never constant. What I need from my diet now is going to be different to what I need postmenopausal. You know, it's like it changes with the Mm. seasons even and what I need in in summer will be different to what I need in winter. 
Mm. And so it's it's one of those things that creates a huge shift in how people normally function mm-hmm. and how they treat themselves, you know. Like yeah. just, I just want to set and forget so I can focus out outside of myself. But yeah. when we start helping helping women to come back and come back and feel empowered, which is really like, who am I? What are my needs? And how do yeah. I better meet them? And that is on a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual level. Mm-hmm. then that is an ever-expanding experience in life. That is something that is going to support you for the rest of your life. So now you've gone from a small focus, a small context in life, to having this big focus of mm. this is how I'm living my life. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. By really tuning in and, 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 and everyone benefits from that. So Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I love your part. ideas on that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, how for people listening to this and they're kind of got some bells ringing in their head they're like oh yeah like I can I can recognize parts of myself in what we're speaking about like what's your advice on ways to regulate maybe your nervous system uh you know effectively um or what are ways in you're able to come more in touch and in tune with um yourself like in as a daily practice just to um you know become more aware of your own Mm. self so I think initially to, to answer the first part of your question, I think there's it's always good to have your, have a toolbox in a way. Yeah. And and the, the reason is is because there's going to be times where you need to like really manage yourself and then there's things that you do to prevent it. So if you're yeah. looking at your nervous system, there'll be times where you've been somewhat triggered or you know provoked and you're having a flood you know stress hormone <laughs> yeah <laughs> going throughout yeah. your body and quite simply we we get to there's so many things that you can do but some of the most powerful is just remembering the breath you know mm-hmm. if we think about the vagal tone so if we think about the stress cycle it's the parasympathetics that brings us back to a calm state and so what activates the vagal tone is the breath and Mm. like taking a breath in and even holding it for like one second and then allowing it to really relax as you expire out there are all very simple ways to activate the vagal tone which is to bring you back into that state of relief and parasympathetic activation so the breath is helpful and i'm a an, an avid I love Vedic mantra and Vedic mantra has a lot of sound and vibration and humming. And that again is what activates the vagal tone in terms of preventative. And I think this is the journey that my clients take well with me is that they go from a state of like, I have to do this. I have to have to do self-care to a Mm. place of I get to do self-care. This is fantastic. And we teach something called rhythms, which is, something that you do in the morning and something that you do in the evening. And it's different to a routine because my inner child loves variety and hates rules. She's, yeah. <laughs> as you can see, I'm a little bit of a rule breaker. Yeah. Um, and so routine is like, mm, but when it comes to unhealthy routine, she's all there. But when it comes yeah. to health routine, it's like, let's just change the word a little bit. So it's like, yeah. what's the rhythm of my day? And we start mm. looking at it like, what's, how am I going to get myself into the rhythm of today? And so something that you can do in the morning, it's not, you know, and I teach this in my program called My Blissful Life. I'm, affirmations are wonderful, but mm. unless they provoke an emotional shift, it's kind of like a Band-Aid. Yeah. It's like you can say things, but the understanding the science between our thoughts 
Mm. and our feelings or the thought feeling loop it's Mm. critical and so you know doing something where you can even sit in the morning and setting an intention for the day but really coming into a space of gratitude or feeling feeling Mm. grateful and most people are like yeah yeah I know I know gratitude Dr. Fee I get it we know all about (laughs) it we know all the research out there yeah but there's a difference yeah between doing great gratitude or thinking ungrateful to truly feeling grateful Mm. and it's a muscle that we need to build over time yeah we start to rewire our neural programming so as we have grateful thoughts it becomes easier to create that feeling within us and in turn Mm. that then alters how it it creates brain changes so we can Mm. And we also know it creates lasting brain, like lasting changes three months. And that's after, I think that research was after a three-week gratitude letter. They still notice brain changes three months down the track. So it's a a phenomenal thing, but sometimes we are very transactional with Mm self-care. And if people are feeling like they're doing self-care, then Mm. I suggest checking out my blissful life because that's one of these things. It's like we've got to go from here to to that logic I get get it to how do I actually feel differently so gratitude's a big one that we do at night as well what you do first thing in the morning and what you do the last thing before you go to bed it's kind of like a hack for this system it's what's going to really support your subconscious you you accessing that subconscious mind really soothing it and combining the subconscious the work that you do in your subconscious mind which we might need to talk about what that means but the Mm. work that you do on the deeper recesses of your mind that is often often full of those unhealthy like that's that's what influences the sabotage you know when we know something we got it tomorrow's going to be different i'm going to wake up and then once we get tired or out of routine we just basically revert to unhealthy unhealthy patterns you know so that's the subconscious mind so if you can look at things that you can do that's going to support the parasympathetics like that ah that nice relaxation but Mm. also work on yourself on the inner on the inner part of you to really support how you feel within that's that's a very beautiful combination for deep lasting change and lasting is important when it comes to burnout you never want to come back here again. So it's really yeah. thinking about what are the, you know, what are those those strategies or tools I can do that's going to help me to feel my feelings, that's going to help me to, you know, manage my own nervous system. Oh, there's that mm. buzz again. Oh, okay, mm. let me let me actually meet it right now. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a difficult question to tell you, Truth, because there's so is. much to what you can do. But yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I guess I can speak from personal experience. I'm not sure maybe you can relate to this as well, is that, you know, I was someone who really was like push down the emotion, get over it, get on with it, let's move. Like I don't have time for this kind of a thing. So to have someone tell me like, um, you know, feel your emotions. I was like, I don't, what does that mean? So it's like so important that like there are practitioners like yourself where it's like, you kind of need to recognize where your strengths and where your weaknesses are. Like for me, I was like, I actually don't think I can tap into my emotions by myself. I need someone Mm. to um, ask the provoking questions and question, you know, the things that I'm saying to them, because that wasn't a role that I could do by myself in the beginning. But Mm. after I had that assistance, which you offer with your clients, um, it's a massive part of your work. I, from what I understand, it's like, then they're able to, um, you know, progress forward in their healing journey and, and kind of keep up the work that they've um, being able to break through and, and it's where create. the transformation happens absolutely and it's important yeah. 
like what you said gives me shivers. It's it's where yeah. you know we have to recognize that we weren't taught this. Yeah, you know, my yeah. children ha- have a very different relationship to their inner landscape, their feelings, and mm. and access strength that I couldn't at that stage. You know, yeah. they they are well taken care of. Whereas for for what you're saying, it's, it's it's a lot of my clients' experience where they want to, but resistance comes up. It's like, no, 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 mm. you want me yeah. to do what? I'm gonna yeah. die if I feel yeah. this. And I have that feeling like if I feel this, I'm gonna die. And what I what my job is to help with my clients is to allow them to co-regulate with me. Like you can yep. feel my energy and I can breathe and I can, I've been where you've been and it's like, I'm, and hold them. And the thing with our emotions is that it's like a wave. They come and then they come even higher. And if you just allow them, they peak. And then, oh my God, Dr. Feeds is gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel so much lighter. Yeah. But it does, yeah. it takes a little bit and that's the process and acceptance, learning this acceptance is this beautiful process just like gratitude that we can learn and cultivate to feel great great, grateful Mm. learning to allow accept and allow our emotions our feelings accept and allow life rather than Mm. fighting and resisting every time we say it shouldn't be happening i shouldn't feel like this it should be we're in sympathetic state yeah and yeah. acceptance is very, very big in our trainings in my entire, whether it's my blissful life or burnout to bliss, teaching people how to really get into that state of allowing acceptance because that's what really triggers the parasympathetics. And it also mm. supports us to step into surrender. And when we surrender to the true power within us, which is this beautiful process of waking up to who mm. we truly are, in that is so many gifts. And that's mm. where we... We can access compassion and joy and peace and and also just that you know miracles that just wow oh my gosh this is profound this is and that's what we refer to as bliss you know yeah there there is so much power in in surrender I think there's so much um, energy liberated once you're able to surrender to the circumstances because you have that inner strength and inner knowing inside of you to surrender so it is a mm. skill to learn. And yeah, I love and what, often yeah. you know you need to surrender it. Yeah, you. <laughs> you're like I got to fix this. I got to move mountains. I got to move people. Like, and the I universe, just need to surrender. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. And the universe is like, ah, oh, like she'll get it one day. <laughs> but um, I love what you mentioned about the conscious and the subconscious mind because, you know, it's funny as humans, you know, we live a certain way for so many years. And then the day that we decide we want to change, we wake up the next morning and we're like, why haven't I changed? Like, why have, why am I still the same? And it's like, I'm a failure. Nothing ever works. I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that to, to come to that recognition of like, you know, those habits that you were doing for those 20 plus years to make you who you are today, it's going to take a little bit of time to like undo those um, thoughts and those patterns and that's, and those, you know, those feelings that are so deeply embedded in into you. And I think that's probably part of the healing process as well. Hey, it's just like, mm, it's cyclical. Like, you know, you're going to kind of, you know, find a little bit of light outside of the personality that you've been for so long. And then, you know, you, like you say, you get tired, you get burnt out and then Mm -hmm. you settle back into comfort. And it's about constantly trying to remind yourself and come back into, into bliss really. 
Um, and, and that comfort piece is everything because our yeah. primary, one of our primary, you know, basic human needs is comfort or certainty. Yeah. And so even though we know, oh, this sounds good. Oh, man. Wow. What, you yeah. know, this podcast, this is amazing. I'm going to go <laughs> do some change. This is yeah. our very, you know, how we're wired. Change, inherent in change is uncertainty. Mm. chaotic. We don't really know how it's all going to unfold. Mm. And so really, if we want to align ourselves with growth and change and healing, we have to redefine how we feel comfort and how we Mm. feel certain. And it's really about becoming certain with the uncertainty, comfortable Mm. with the discomfort. Mm. And that is where we found, where we find the unexpected, where healing resides, where magic resides. But it's very Mm. different to how we've been wired in life because anytime we feel uncertain, especially in burnout, what do we do? Got to go fix it. Mm. Oh, Mm. I don't like how I feel. Look outside of myself for a solution. I'm going to fix it. We're often the fix it type gals and it's very Mm. frustrating when we can't fix ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is about learning. Aha. Okay. So when I'm in those unhealthy habits, whether it's eating the wrong foods or not exercising or, you know, hanging out on the couch, watching Netflix and eating, I don't know, KFC with my partner, Mm. you know it, that's not what you want. But the Mm. fact is, is that unhealthy behavior meets your need for connection and meets your need for comfort and certainty. If you're watching Netflix, it meets your need for variety and fun. And often there's a payoff. There's a payoff for the sabotage for these unhealthy things. And once you realize, oh my gosh, that's how, this is my humanness. Yeah. And so we say, you know, the the conscious mind, we say, okay, I get it. Tomorrow's going to be different. I'm going to eat only salad. I'm going to have a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, and I'm going to make sure I go for a walk and, you know, all these rules. Yeah. But where are we meeting our basic human needs of comfort, connection, and variety in that? So unless yeah. you unless you identify in this new healthy diet, this is how I'm going to connect with my partner. This is how mm. I'm going to experience some comfort, like a healthy, sweet treat. Yeah. Or this is how I'm going to have variety rather than just spinach leaves and rocket like yeah yeah then you're not you're going to sabotage that because you're not meeting your emotional needs we got to go emotion we got to go to that depth otherwise you're going to keep slipping back into it so once you figure that out then you can claim more power Mm. and control in a healthy way in in creating new healthy behaviors so I just wanted to take that one in because I know it's probably most people's experience it's yeah. Wide. It's, it's, wide. it's so um, important that that's outlined and it's like coming into tune with what do you really believe about yourself? Because if you have a deep embedded belief that you're not worthy and that you never achieve the things you want to achieve, you almost sometimes, because it's on a subconscious level, you set yourself up for failure almost, you know, and then you go, undermine everything. Yeah, and you go, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and you set yourself a whole to-do list and then you go and you don't achieve it because, you know, something in you knows that you won't achieve it and you get to the end of the day and it reaffirms your belief. You go, see, I am I am a failure. I can't, I can't achieve mm. that. So it's like coming into tune with, gee, like how do you, and some of the things, you know, you come to revelations about, you go, Jesus Christ, like, mm. you know, how could I have been how that could of I myself? Think that of myself? <laughs> well, because yeah. we learn from our, we learn from our parents and they've learned yeah. from their parents and often the things that we hold about ourselves could be generational 
you know, generations old. Mm. And I think the beautiful thing is most there are a lot of women that I speak to who live life knowing that they have this deep-seated belief around self-worth or lack of self-worth. Yeah. And they think, well, I'll just think more worthy thoughts. I am worthy. I'm worthy. But there's a disconnect with that actually landing. You have to Mm -hmm. meet that part of you that is held in the unworthiness. There's a story. There's often an energy of shame or deeply like this heartache or this disappointment there that's wrapped by this painful narrative that says, see, I'm unworthy, like to make Mm. sense why that painful thing happened to me, why my dad sent me that way or why I missed out on that second ice cream just to just like little (laughs) events can make you feel unworthy as a child. And it's there and that part stays hypervigilant and it will keep looking for and reinforcing that belief, like you said, that I'm unworthy. So if you start to try and say consciously, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy of good things, it will hopefully lift you for a moment, but it won't actually create lasting change because you have to go and heal that part of you. And it sounds scary, but it's not. It's scarier to not do it because as you Mm. illustrated beautifully and said so beautifully, it it undermines everything and it undermines how you can open your heart and trust in other people, how mm. you can give and receive love and have deep, loving, intimate relationships. It's, you know, how you can say yes to promotions. And it's, yeah, you know, and it's one of the things that we have to watch the most in with our clients in the recovery because initially they come work with us within days, within weeks, mm. flows happening, they're feeling good. And then it's like that upper limit that, ooh, but this is too good. <laughs> yes it's it's working and this is yeah it's too easy it's too this is too good for me and then all of a sudden they'll sabotage it by like let let me have an argument with my partner yes (laughs) literally (laughs) like yes it's it's a different problem do you know like before it's the hell than this but now we've got up to this new level of success joy and happiness and we up and look around and go this is uncomfortable like this is too positive like let me just create a mess here it's so funny (laughs) yeah it's so funny and when you start to um recognize that in yourself you're like oh oh like oh this is a danger zone here (laughs) but um it's it's it is it's all about your comfort zone it's so um funny but I guess that's part of the healing process you know people think you get this full beautiful circle and it's like Nope, you're rising and then you go, and then you might come up a bit again. And it's like, you know, um, just trying to stay in that equilibrium, I guess. So that's a very good point. It's this ever expanding expansion, like it's this expansion. So it does feel like you spiral downwards and we can say to ourselves, oh my God, I'm further away. Like, what? Like, everything I'm doing isn't helping. Because when you're stuck in shame or disappointment or I'm failure, you can't see anything good because mm-hmm. that's that's what influences the subconscious mind and that energy and emotion influences the lens that we look out. So you can't mm. see anything good in your life yeah. when you're stuck in it. Yeah. But it's not, I really see it as a spiral. If you can imagine, you know, we're in the middle and as we're working towards our goal, we, it's a spiral to get there. And so when mm-hmm. we're on the negative turn of the spiral, it's like, wait up. I'm further away from the pot of gold. I'm further away from feeling healthy. I'm further away from that deep, loving, intimate relationship, but you're not. You're further ahead. You're just on the negative turn of the spiral. 
and you just get yep. further and further there. So absolutely, and you forget how far you've come as well. You do, you do, um, and that's why at night it is good, it, and that's why gratitude is a really important practice, so that you're mm. constantly checking in. You're just cultivating that way of speaking to yourself, like it's okay, mm. you know, being kind to yourself. It's okay, sweetheart, and it's not mm. just saying words; it's like feeling it. Like, can you actually yeah. give yourself, allow yourself, accept yourself, accept how you feel? And give yourself the nurture you need because mm. in that you can reflect on once you once you feel that feeling of disappointment because you're having a real experience i'm disappointed mm. i'm sick again i'm disappointed that i missed out i'm disappointed that i'm stuck here mm. once you feel that pop, now you can see clearly and you can have that perspective yeah yeah there is so much power in calling out the emotions that you feel like being like you know that person betrayed me and mm. you just go yep and you just kind of sit there for a second with that and then you go, I'm okay, I'm all right with that, I can work through this. Mm. Or like, yep, I'm really angry and I'm going to stay angry for the next five minutes. And then yeah. even just saying that, you're not even angry for five minutes because you're like, huh, it's kind of like whatever. And it just yeah. kind of goes away. So there's so much power in that. Um, and just in the languaging you can have yeah. power, like rather than yeah. I am angry, you can like, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling yeah. really pissed off, I'm going to rage right now yeah. and really let myself feel it. I'm yeah. feeling it. Even that creates a sense of disentanglement. Like, mm. you, know, you can disentangle from that the, the fullness of the experience because when you have a strong emotional experience, it's real, it's you mm. can feel it it's there you kind of lose your mind <laughs> you lose all perspective you lose all reasoning so if you just give yourself permission to feel it you will get that back by very naturally what we have to be careful of is that when we're having these feelings that we don't start create a story yes what we are naturally wired to do is like oh my gosh I feel angry why do I feel angry if you ask yes. that question you will find a thousand reasons why you're angry. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like for me, what what really illustrated this was shame. Anytime I felt an experience, like I did something and I felt disappointed in myself. If I didn't feel the disappointment or shame, what I noticed is that it just spiraled. It just became mm. catastrophizing. And I'm a crappy mom and I'm a crappy daughter. Oh, my gosh. I haven't called mums all week. I am terrible. What if something yes. happens to her? God, I haven't even, who else haven't I called? I haven't called my yeah. friend. I haven't even spoken to a man or a month. I am a terrible person. So that's actually yeah. science. It's the thought feeling loop. If you have mm. the thought with the corresponding feeling, if you don't meet the feeling, you're going to have a cascade of negative thoughts, you know. So yes, it's just, okay, either I feel it now or I'm going to get caught in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there is, there is that little gap. If you can become attuned to it, there's a little, a little gap between I'm angry to, okay, now I'm telling a story for why I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> like there is a gap and you go up, 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 up. Like, hang on. Yeah. These are just thoughts that I've given power to. Let me just yeah. sit here for a second. So yeah, it's always, I'm having a yeah. real experience. I don't need to create a story. And and this is the thing. Our feelings are illogical. I laugh yeah. so much at my, my, my patients, my clients who are just like, you know, try to be logical with their emotions and it's like yeah. it's nothing but like these are illogical yeah. so stop trying to make sense of them and just feel oh my gosh yeah. and that's so liberating because now they're yeah. like oh you mean oh, I can yeah. just feel my feelings just feel your feelings and then it's yeah. like all of a sudden they stop ruminating on it and you know 
Yeah, (laughs) they are totally illogical. Like if you sat down with someone and I'm trying to explain to you why my sister or my mum or my grandma annoys me, I'll be talking, I'll be like, this doesn't really make sense why I feel so angry. But I'm furious. I'm furious that they said that one thing to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they were having a a moment. Yeah, but it's illogical. And I think yeah. we play that out, uh, like stereotypically, we can play that out a little bit between, you know, the the husband-wife or the female-male yes. relationship. Sometimes I think women do have a special gift in trying to try and understand their emotions. You know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like why I feel this in a way and at the end of the day just experiment with it. So I say this to my clients all the time, don't take my word for it, just like experiment with it. You know, when you feel a feeling, and we've all had this experience where we've read an email and it's like, boom, oh my gosh, how dare he? And we're angry. And then you might hear a little knock on the door. I work from home and it's, you know, Remy, my beautiful six-year-old son, mom, do you want to bounce on the trampoline? Yes, I do. No, I'm like, yeah, I do. And so I'll go out and I bounce and I'll I'll clear and I'll laugh. Nothing better than fun and physical, like to shift yourself and come back. And I'll look at the email and be like, oh, not a big deal at all yeah oh my gosh I lost yeah. my head I gave it meaning and it's just yes. like yes oh we've all had that you know mm. so it's about thinking about in your life where we've had those moments where we can shift our state when we shift our emotional state what we see what we notice the decisions we make the actions we take will change and that mm. is solely in our responsibility it's no one else's responsibility we mm. can choose to live life disconnected, pushing down, pushing on, or we could be like, whoa, this is my life. I have one precious life. So I get to know myself. What if Mm. I made that a priority to know myself Mm. and all the different aspects and facets of who I am? And that way people, you know, you'll have more to share with people in the world. And that Mm. is the most rewarding path to take because everyone benefits when you're you know, really connected body, mind, heart and really navigating life connected to that spirit or true self. Um, Absolutely. It becomes a beautiful journey. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You have so much more to bring to the table when you know what, you know, what you, what power you hold inside of you. Um, I want to kind of close off this um, beautiful podcast. It's been so, there's so much to, could go on for days and days and days, but Mm -hmm. um. I really want to know, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, what is our feminine energy? What's our masculine energy? Where do these two kind of polarities kind of, um, they, they play out in every aspect of our life, but what are some examples of when you're in more your feminine or when you're more in your masculine and, you know, how can we kind of balance these two energies? Because, I um, was very in my masculine energy and, you know, if someone looked at me or if I was to explain how I am to someone, I would never explain that I am in my masculine energy because I didn't have the knowledge to really know what it is. But um, it's it's very um, it's very interesting once I became like aware of it, it, does, it did change like every aspect of my life, like learning how to receive instead of always pushing forward and um, I think it's been a really pivotal um, piece of knowledge to understand that has helped me to surrender in life and help me 
to um, receive. So what are your thoughts on that? And like it's interrelation with burnout and and stress, like particularly for women, because when I feel like in society today, women are so cornered into their masculine energy. And it's just like, I want to see that feminine energy rise in society as a whole. Because for me, when I think about like women empowerment, you know, we've come such a long way with empowering women and um, giving women equal rights to men and all of these things. But I feel to some degree along the way, we've kind of lost the women empowerment and we're like try more and more to be like men and it's like that's not empowering that's like disempowering so it's like how can we find um strength in our femininity and like being a woman Mm. yeah it's a big question isn't it yeah (laughs) you know I think if we're looking at in terms of this vessel like B and Marissa you know like Within within all of us, within every human, there is this energy of masculine and feminine. It doesn't matter what sex you are, we have a blend yeah. of masculine and feminine. And preferentially, especially in our culture, it is honoured and you know more amplified that we're in the masculine, which is more of that predictable task-orientated striving one plus one equals two. It's the doing state. It's the let me take care of others. So while we talk about the feminine and we think well, yesterday we celebrated Mother's Day, you know, we yeah. think, oh, the mother is so feminine, okay. That's not actually really how I see it. When the mother is, um, you know, mothering, she's actually more in her masculine and the child mm. is in the feminine because she is the one who's taking care of the child and doing. Yeah. And so what we find in if you look at me in my life you know I'm I run a business and I take care of a team and clients and I'm a mom of two beautiful boys and a wife and you know lots of my spiritual community there's lots of there's lots of priorities and mm. lots where I'm doing and I have a big heart and I want to serve others and yeah. so what happens and how it was modeled to me you know my mom is an incredible go get them type woman you know mm. accomplishes a lot I think what we 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 lose along the way is that balance between what the feminine is. And if you can think about it, the feminine is more of the being state and how mm. we access and shift our being state. Because it's not to say women in burnout want to rest, they want to, but what they find is when they do, they don't, they feel like they can't. It's like their state is addicted to being busy. And that's yeah. because they haven't awakened, haven't yet awakened the energy, the feminine energy, or called it forward. It's there. It's just been diminished somewhat because of the way they've done life. Mm. And so this is really this state of being. And it has a completely different operating system, if you could imagine, Mm. than the masculine. Mm. It's very much the masculine is where we can control things. We're outwardly focused. We're striving outside, looking for solutions out there to control, Mm. whereas the feminine, the language of it is all more around trust, more around faith, it's a sense of I'm taken care of. Mm. If you can imagine it in terms of the breath, the inhalation is the feminine where you receive its receptivity. Yeah. And the exhalation is obviously the masculine where you're giving, okay? Mm. And most women in burnout are taking the tiniest of sips. <laughs> yeah. Where they're like and yeah. giving a massive exhalation and giving everything to everyone else. But in turn, they end up feeling very, very, very depleted. And so 
what do we do in order to activate the feminine? Well, these are spiritual practices. And, you know, it is this, this process where the practices that we do is masculine, you know, meditation. These are things that we do, but it's all in order to really awaken that feminine energy within us so that we can truly, there's power. So when I say power, some people might have a negative connotation with us, like force. Mm. The force is the masculine. Power is the feminine. The power is the energy that, that that emanates all. When we are really tapped into the feminine, this is where we experience flow and the miraculous. But how we really do that is through trust and faith and, and being open to the unexpected. We have to be comfortable with the discomfort. And as you can mm. see, all of the all the things we we're talking about before supports you to truly create that and that balance. Now, from a physiological level, it makes sense. Like you can't rest and restore and balance if you don't, if you're not having rest and deep, profound, restful states. You know, that's the parasympathetic. Mm. So, if you can imagine, that's more on the feminine. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the sympathetic is the is the masculine, or the sun is the masculine, and the moon, which is that receivership, is, yeah. is the feminine. And it's it's where, honestly, my whole life, you know, is devoted to this. A surrendered path I have a very deep spiritual practice which is mm. more aligned with the Vedas mm. and the Vedic tradition and it is about honoring the mother and honoring the feminine mm. and really activating that and it, and with it comes immense gifts it is mm. you know the divine the, the divine gifts and it's not separate from you it's not it's not something outside of it. it's an awakening of it within and mm. with it comes your strength and your courage and you know if the feminine is not weak the feminine is power with mm. it comes immense strength, immense conviction, but also compassion and love. And it's this love that heals all and, you know, creates good in the world. So that's the feminine mm. as well. I mean, we could talk about it in so, many different yeah. ways, but hopefully that and how. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a really, yeah, that's a really beautiful way to place, um, to explain it. And I love how you said that it is something within you. It's not something you need to go and find outside of you. It's not something you need to go get, create, cultivate. Like it is in you. It's there. It's there. It's just a matter of, um, you know, becoming still enough to um, feel it and to and to see it. Um, it and that, being feminine in your feminine or having that balance of energy doesn't mean that you need to look a certain way. Be like, yeah, oh, no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's feminine. It's not that yeah. at all. That's cultural conditioning. This is, yeah, you know, this is really around that receptivity and that softness, but there's a power in it too. These are the people yeah. who can really emanate that light and they, it, it is a being state mm. it's where you can sit down and you can feel people. Like right from a young age we can feel people and there's some people yes. that you come in and you're like, oh, and there's yeah. other people got to go have a shower and others where you can feel it and that's, that's, mm. the, that's the energy, the feminine energy there too. Yeah, that's it's so beautiful. And, you know, masculine and feminine energy has a place in, um, we need the polarity, we need the polarity, but it's just when things go off kilter and we're just so in one way. And it's the same if you're like true in your feminine, you don't know how to cultivate that go energy. Like there's issues in that too. So, um, well, we want yeah. structures. We want structures. We yeah. want that the masculine, a strong masculine invites in the goddess, invites yes. in the feminine. So we, we want that, but most women in burnout and in our society are probably more in the masculine, 
But again, yes. you don't want to be too much in your in your feminine because in in life we want to get up and we want to serve and mm-hmm. have a great life and do great for others. Ultimately, yes, that becomes a bigger perspective for our lives once we recover from burnout. As we we started the conversation off with that, and yeah. so it is this balance, and it's not to you know for me when I first started in terms of this whole conversation with the feminines, I would reject the masculine. You know, no, you yeah. don't want to do that. It's not wrong to, there's cycles in your life where you will need to be in that energy, you mode. know, get yeah. in and, and really do what you need to do to get something up and launch. If you're you yes. know, running a podcast or yeah. you know, a business or something, but you want to bring, it's like, you want to bring the energy. So it happens with flow. You want to mm. bring, have the balance with the feminine so that you get the right solutions at the right time, but it takes effort to cultivate it. But for me, that's everything. So any new project, I will start with the feminine of really calling in the energy for that mm. and connecting so that I'm divinely led, you know, what's the best path to move forward? What's the next step? It's that intuitive knowing and from yeah. that, it's where we open and I can't be attached to the how. The how and the time is the masculine. Yes. The feminine is the unexpected. Maybe uh, maybe this or maybe that. I don't mm. know. Or it's that sense of just being open to potentiality and this like the, the bigness of everything, but that is revealed step by step. And that mm. is difficult for the masculine because the masculine wants to know, control, what's the next, where am I going? And yeah. we future suffer or we go you know, choose your own adventure books when we were younger. It's like yeah. you turn to page 56 and go back. Yeah, and yeah. Like, no, 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 that's the idea. I want to turn. I want to choose option B and I'll go to go page back. 93. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. option B, not option A. You know, and we try yeah, to convince yeah, ourselves. Yeah. That's not it. Like the, the yeah. feminine is trust. Mm. It's identifying, realizing I am that, that I am. And mm. so it's that beautiful I'm taken care of in in my community. It's Amma's taking care, which is the mother is taking care. Universal love is taking care of me. It's that sense Mm. of all because it's the being state. And with that, you're magnetic to the good in your life, but you also have the strength. It's not like you live happily ever after with no obstacles in your path ever again. That's far from the truth. Like often, you know, you start on the spiritual path and then you realize all your challenges are there to bring you back more and more and more to that true power that's within you. And yeah. that is what it's about. This is what this life is about is cultivating wisdom around who you are, you know. Mm, so Yeah, <laughs> that is so, so beautifully said. Honestly, I feel like so many people listening will really resonate with um, your perspective on well-being and um, you know, spirituality and, um, yeah, and burnout and, and everything that you've mentioned today. So I'm sure people are wanting to know where they can find you, how they can work with you. Um, you have a two-day, um, is it like a free workshop that you have on your website I to do. begin so with? There's, yeah. yeah, so there's, there's two sort of streams that people can work with me. It's either doing uh, three courses, so they're six-week, mm-hmm. really deeply transformative courses, but they cover like more than mindset so that's my blissful blissful life and then there's heart of bliss which is where we're talking about the you know how to overcome the sabotage how to really yeah. meet that part of you that's screaming yeah. out for attention <laughs> and then there's yeah. also the blissful self which is more around you know the soul and and the healing and energy and vibrational uh healing so that's that's another course and there is a free class that you can do and to get started it'd be more focused on my blissful life but 
there's a lot of people who are just wanting more of the to do all of that and do the embodiment work and work, have mentorship and that's especially important if you know women have been in burnout for a long period of time or it's very cyclical you know yeah. they keep coming back here again or they've maybe they've got significant chronic medical illness and that's a six month transformation program yeah. That's very, very holistic where we look at the body and you work with a physical expert where you're working with myself and my mindset coach to really experience that healing and have the help to take the concepts from here, from the mind into the body, like embody it. So Mm. it's really a critical step to know something and take that to actually incorporate in your life. And that's called Burnout to Bliss and that's by application as well. So there's a couple of whether it's a free class or the application to work with us and burn out to bliss, which is my absolute pride and joy. I could tell yeah, you that's the reason why imagine. Yeah. I was like calling. I was in, I yeah. remember being in India and I had that moment of like, oh, how to leave medicine. This is what go. I need to do. <laughs> surrender. But it's just, I came home and created it. And right from the start, it's just been, it's, it's been, I'm so grateful to do this work because mm. when women prove, the impossible it's just more and more evidence of the nature of who we are and yeah and that's you know I'm so grateful for it <laughs> so it's yeah. just that's why you take the leaps that's why you follow yeah. your calling and do it so that's the, that's the different ways that people can work with me that's amazing um that is a really beautiful way to kind of uh close out the podcast and um it's so amazing that you've created these courses in such an accessible way for people because essentially people can work with you no matter where they are in Australia right correct um, you, yeah, yeah. And, and we also have clients around the world as well so New Zealand and Canada um, so cool. and also USA and you know we yeah I have some retreats I take women to India as well if they really want to do a spiritual immersion <laughs> yeah yeah if you really want to if you really want to meet yourself that's amazing yeah that's great that's awesome well thank you so much for your time thank today you. I really oh. really appreciate it and I'll pop all your information below for anyone listening who wants to get in touch so thank you so thank much thank you so much for having me here I love it I love talking about it and it's really felt so great having someone who gets it to be able to have this this depth of conversation so thank you for so inviting great. Me on. thank you my pleasure <laughs>